everybody happy Sunday it's November the 7th and uh, I'm happy that you're here as always I'm just thrilled to, that you would take your valuable time and spend a little bit of it with me Sherry and I are on the road this morning uh, we are in Charleston Arkansas and I'll be doing <coughs> services there at Life Church It'll be my first time there, so that's a it's a new, you know, fresh meat. That's what I call it, and uh, so we'll be there Sunday morning and Sunday night. I don't know if they have a um, live stream of their service. I'm sure they probably do. You could look it up, Life Church, um, Charleston, Arkansas. So I got a I got a great message for you this morning. We have a lot of exciting stuff happening around here. First of all. I'm sorry for not being live on Wednesday. Just to be honest, I was fried, and so I just didn't have the the gumption. Y'all know that word, gumption, to uh, to do the stream. So I, about four o'clock, I just finally, you know, pulled the plug on it and said I gotta gotta take the night off. But we are working on some exciting things for next year. We first of all, we have the Christmas stuff coming up. Uh, so the schedule, so I'm in Arkansas this week at Life Church in Charleston, Arkansas, which is just outside of Fort Smith. Next weekend, I am at Cornerstone Church in Blue Springs, Missouri. And so then we have a weekend off, and then the Sunday of Thanksgiving, I will be at or Sherry and I will be at Celebration Church in Green Bay, Wisconsin, with all those cheese heads. Go Chiefs on Monday night. Um, hopefully, uh, with my friend Mark Gunger, Mark and Deanna Gunger. So, prayers for Aaron Rodgers that he be well. I loved what he said about Patrick Mahomes, that uh, which was a great thing. I don't remember exactly. Sherry told me exactly what it was. And and then, then we have the Christmas stuff coming up. Not a lot in, on Christmas. We have a, the first of December at uh, Harmony Vineyard. The 11th at uh, Knuckleheads, that'll be a special night. Got some surprises for that night. And then the 19th, which is mine and Sherry's anniversary, guess where we'll be? We'll be in prison at Ellsworth Correctional Center. And then I've got some other things that are still pending. Uh, so anyway, that stuff's all going on. One exciting thing that's in the works, and you all can be praying for us about this, is that uh, our friend... Pastor Jackie Holgate at Mountaintop Church in Flagstaff, Arizona, who happens to be uh, Navajo. Um, so we're working on plans to do a second quarter event there on the Navajo and maybe possibly the Apache Reservation in Arizona. And I'm excited about it. I've got friends that are already signed on to it. Once we have all the details together, if you would like to come and be part of the work team that goes, then we'll make that available to you. So that's very, very exciting for me to be able to talk about that. Sherry and I have been 
uh, planning and brainstorming all day today. It's Friday, and uh, and so there's just some exciting things that we're getting in our vision for 2022. If the Lord is willing, you know, we got to throw that out there. We got to say that, right? Because we don't know <laughs> what's going to go on. But so we've been talking, I've been doing um, a little series around my song, Honey in a Rock. And I don't know how, but we got on this issue of aging. And I had mentioned that I had started drafting a, a message or a chapter for a book or whatever on this title called Age, Aged Relevance. Aged Relevance. So I want to talk to you about that today. You know, our culture... And, um, you know, the Word of God has a completely different view of aging uh, than our culture and a lot of the church. God has this esteem for us from the cradle until we connect. You know, he has, a, he has an eternal esteem for us. There you go. That, that describes it right there. He has this great value for us and love for us. And it doesn't stop in the seasons where we feel or our culture tells us that we are effective. In fact, I shared that uh, statistic or that research study from the New England Journal of Medicine uh, last week on Sunday, which talked about the three most productive age of human life. And the, the number three is 50 to 60, the number two is 70 to 80, and the number one is 60 to 70. So I'm in the peak of my productivity and performance right now. And so, you know, we have this concept, though, that if we aren't super young and cool, that we don't have any, we don't know how to relate, we don't have anything that's effective. So I was reading, and I just, you know, I just went and searched for a couple of scriptures and pulled them out of the air and thought, those are cool, I'm going to use those. So here they are. Psalm 92, verse 14. King James Version. Psalm 92, 14. They shall still bring forth fruit in old age. They shall be fat and flourishing. Now, if that don't get you excited right there, maybe we'll leave off the fat part of it. But that, that, that in that particular culture had a, hang on, I'm going to turn this mic down just a little bit. That in, the, in that particular culture had um, great value. You know, you got to have the fat. I mean, that's what God wants. And listen, if I'm cooking steaks, Sherry Bratcher, she, she wants a ribeye. She likes all that fat. I trim all of it off of mine and put it on her plate. I can't do it. Psalm 71.18 says, Even while I am old and gray, God, do not abandon me. While I proclaim your power to another generation, your strength to all who are to come. So if you're up there, get some miles on you and you're looking for a purpose, there it is right there. We are to be declaring God's strength to the generations to come. And I, I love that. And then this one is particularly cool. It's Proverbs 16, 31. 
Gray hair is a glorious crown. It is found in the ways of righteousness. And then finally, Isaiah 46, 4 says, these are great promises. I don't know. I don't know. It just thrills me, you know, maybe because I got some gray showing up, you know, you see all that stuff. <clears throat> I got this cotton, cotton swabs here. Uh, but anyway, Isaiah 46, 4 in the new, uh, the new international version says, even in your old age and grays and gray hairs, I am he. I am he who will sustain you. I have made you and I will carry you. I will sustain you and I will rescue you. So those are all just fabulous promises that God has for us. When the culture is constantly bombarding us and trying to devalue our worth, then it sounds just like the enemy to try to attack our identity. That's the only tool that he has is to try to get us to not believe the truth about who we really are. And these passages of scripture really fortify how God feels about us when we got some miles on us. We're up there in, your, in years. So the Bible has a lot to say about it. So I have 12 things that I would like to talk to you about, about aging. And I've titled it Age Relevance. Are you ready? I don't know if we'll get through all these. We might break this up into two pieces. But here we go. Number one, people who are relevant are authentic. Now that is my, that's an original Jimmy Bratcher quote. Relevance is authenticity. If you are going to stay relevant, you have to remain authentic. And that to me is the coolest thing ever. If we're going to stay, people who are relevant are authentic. They are themselves. They have removed the pretense of culture and religion and are their unique selves. And that, you know, we can stop right there. It's like that's enough. We should be able to live our lives based on that one particular thing. That is, people say, I don't know what my purpose is. I don't know what my destiny is. There it is. Be yourself. It's our equation for the ministry of showing up. That's what Sherry and I call what we do. And here it is. Be your, or Christ is in me. Where I go, he goes. And where he goes, stuff happens. The formula is be yourself in Christ and show up. That's it. So if you're out wandering around trying to figure out what's my destiny, what's my purpose, here it is, to be true to the creation that you are formed in the likeness and image of God, transformed into the image of Jesus. And just be yourself. It's like, you know, one of the things that I realize is that God took the time to form us as individuals completely unique. He did that because it was pleasing to him. He liked that diversity. He liked that character. And so, and I'll talk about this later on, so we should be 
in our own hearts celebrating the reality of who we are. Now that, that just because I say, you know, we're all unique, we're all different, doesn't mean that you get to go out and be some kind of weirdo. You know, Jesus wasn't that way, even though he had all the power in heaven and earth. I mean, he was not that way. He was relatable. He was with the people. He was there on the street. He was in the synagogue. He was all over the place. He was walking down the road. You know, I mean, he was just out doing life. But you don't get to be a weirdo and then blame it on God. I've seen so much of that. It's like, I can't stand it. And whenever I get around it, I blow it up. I mean, I do. I'm like on it. My, you know, the hair on the back, my back like a, you know, angry dog kind of stands up. And I'm nice, but I'm going to blow it up. You know, it's just like I'm going to, I'm going to get in there and do something to get these people to straighten up and start acting like normal human beings. One of the goals that I had when we started our ministry back in 2000, I know this doesn't sound very spiritual, but here it is. It was one of my number one goals, or one of the top ones anyway. I want to be normal. I just want to be normal. I want to be able to, you know, it's not conforming to the world. It's just I want to be able to go out and relate to people and connect with people. So people who are relevant are authentic. Number two, people who are relevant put their family first. Throughout their entire journey, they do that from start to finish. One regret that I have is that I didn't believe that this was possible. And so because of that, my family sacrificed for the ministry. And uh, I put the ministry above my family. Yeah, I was still here and everything. But when we went uh, into full-time ministry, it was kind of like, I'll see y'all later. You know, I got, I got stuff to do. And I didn't have those boundaries in my life that said, you know, this is, these are the boundaries and this is the priority. And so I would do things like, you know, I was working 80 hours a week, easy at the church, not counting going to church and everything else that I did. And so, and it was just complete ignorance on my part. It was totally ignorant. And so if you're going to stay relevant, you're going to need to put your family first because at the end of the day, all these people that we're trying to impress with either our work, our job, or all the people that are out there, they're going to go away. They're going to be out there. But your family, they're going to be with you forever if you do it right. You know, I mean, that's the way that works. They're going to be around and when you need you know, when you get to where you need their assistance, they're going to be the ones that are going to come to you. Yeah, you'll have some friends that'll show up and cook you some chicken soup or something, but in reality, it's your family. So we have to take care and make a priority of our family first. Number three, people who are relevant are deeply respected and respectful. 
And I can, if you want a copy of these notes, just uh, shoot me a message on Messenger and I'll send them to you. But people who are relevant are deeply respected and respectful. One of the things that I absolutely cannot tolerate is people who bash other people and other movements. So what I mean by movements are, you know, like in my lifetime, we've been through, you know, like we kind of started in the, in the beginning of the Jesus movement, but we were heavily influenced by what was called the Latter Rain movement, and then came the Charismatic movement, and then came the Church Growth Evangelic or the Evangelistic. What do they call that? Uh, from the like late mid '90s forward, and and what happens is is that when one of these movements spring up and people start joining it, there's always this resistance. And uh, there's always this uh, inspection and, um, and, you know, people are railing against it. I mean, I've had some dear, dear friends of mine that all of a sudden came to another understanding or a different revelation from the church that they were in. And they felt obligated that they had to tear that down in order to be able to go forward. And to that, I'm like, no, I don't, you know, you don't get to do that around me because, you know, first of all, I want to be respectful to people. And if this is what they're, you know, one of the things is like, you know, there's a, there's a big movement of criticism against church. And I, you know, understand that church ain't necessarily all that it should be, but it is what we have, and there are a lot of good things that come from having a relationship with a local church. And right now, it's like, you know, people are, you know, hey, I can just do this online, or I don't see the value in it, and all these things. And I get that, and you know, that's all their choice, and that's all, you know, up to them. But the thing that I don't get, then, is being hypercritical and trying to influence the people that are still there and still have value for it to get out and to do things different and come join your side. To me, that's like hugely disrespectful. And it's like, you know, I'm going to turn the switch and shut that stuff off real quick. And part of it, you know, I mean, part of what Sherry and I have been through is that we have been, uh, for the last 21 years, we have been modeling what evangelism looks like outside of the church because evangelism in the church is broken and and the the pull on that from peers and other things is for us to take a stand then against the church and my thoughts on that are well how can i influence people when i'm not there so it's like, if I'm not part of the thing, then I'm not going to have any people around to influence. So for us, you know, we built our ministry around the, you know, our keywords are Saturday night, Sunday morning, inside, outside. So we want, we have equal value for what happens outside as well as what happens inside as well as what happens on Saturday night outside and as well as what happens on Sunday morning inside. But point number three is 
people who are rele are relevant are deeply respected and respectful. Um, and being, you know, being respected is something that is earned by how you treat people, by your character, by how you relate to people. And I'm going to talk about that here in a minute. But, you know, if we're going to get respect, we have to give respect. I mean, I shared a few months ago about, I was asked to do a service uh, up at uh, Dream City Church in Omaha, and they assigned my sermon title and topic to me. So they gave me the fifth commandment, which is honor your father and mother. And so, you know, there's two ways you can take that. You can take that as harping about all the kids that don't, are, that don't honor their father and mother. And, you know, I understand that approach. I don't think it's very effective, but I understand it. But my approach to it was, if you're going to receive honor from your kids, that means you have to first be honorable parents. And so we need to be those people that are honoring and honorable and being there and walking in love with people and all of those things that I talk about all the time and, and being part of what that is. And that then in turn gains their respect. And that's, you know, what Jesus did was he went out and he's out on the street. He's in the synagogue. He's doing all this stuff. And the people, the religious leaders didn't do that. I mean, they came in, you know, with an entourage, kind of like some preachers I know. They had an entourage. They had security. They had all this stuff because they didn't want the people touching them. You know, don't touch not, thy, touch not the anointed, you know. I call it touch not the annoying one. Um, <clears throat> but, but anyway, so if you, wanna, if you want to be respected, then be respectful. It's called sowing and reaping. That's how that works. Number four, we'll do maybe one or two more of these. People who are relevant respect the next generation. And I already covered a lot of this, you know, again, don't bash or belittle those who are just starting. Remember, you once just started yourself. So instead of doing that, celebrate them. Help them out. Don't miss the mark and disrespect them. You know, I mean, some of the things that have gone on recently in the church is like, I just sit back and go, okay, whatever. You know, the whole skinny jeans, um, all of the smoke and lights and productions and all those things. Like, you know, I guess, you know, and I, here again, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, you know, some of those things like, uh, what was it? Somebody said. Skinny jeans, smoke machines don't make a worship service. But anyway, so we need to celebrate them. And I think I have another one on here about that same thing. Uh, let me see. Maybe I took it off. I did. I took it off. So <clears throat> I do, you know, in this point of people who are relevant, respect the next generation. I do, however, resist those who exalt 
youth over experience. We need both, period. And you can't exalt one over the other. It's like, you know, shut up. Go sit down there, Sonny, and shut up. You know, let me tell you what I know. That ain't going to work. But I don't, you know, so we can't exalt one above the other. We need both. And uh, one of our friends is, uh, uh, one of our church friends is Wave Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia, Pastor Stephen Sharon Kelly, and our good friend Robert Cameron. Robert wrote uh, the song, the Holy Ghost will set your feet a dancing. I would break into it, but it would be ugly. Uh, but they have a, you know, they have a huge church. They built this big conference center, they call it. And uh, the, the video screen is 103 feet across, the video screen. And they have all this technology and they do all these productions and all these things, really cool. And, um, but they have a lot of, you know, they have a lot of young people in their church. And so Pastor Steve, uh, had them do an internal survey to try to find out what was attracting the young people. And the answer that they got, I heard him share this like in a pastor's meeting. And the answer they got was, I just, you know, it's like, golly, man, that is so cool. So the answer that they got when they asked these young people, it's like, why, why did you come here? Is it the productions, the music, the smoke, you know, what is it? And here's what they said. Their number one answer was, we come for the old people. I'm like, what? Yeah. They, and they, and they, so they went on to say, we came for the old people because we need their influence in our life. So if we're going to stay relevant, we have to respect the next generation but in turn, the next, the next generation needs to have that respect for us. So we don't exalt one above the other, but we have that balance of youth and experience that causes us to be super powerful. <clears throat> I'm working on a song, or a line in a song. Uh, I think the song is called... Uh, what am I to do or something? Hang on, I'll find it. Um, no, that's not it. Um, what are we going to do? That's what it is. Seems like the world is falling apart. No one speaks the truth. Calling evil good and good evil. What are we going to do? They tell us lies every day on the channels. They're all the same. Trying to tell us what to believe. What are we going to do? Here's the chorus. I'm going to trust you. That God is good. It's kind of a call and repeat. I'm going to trust you. That God is good. I'm going to trust you. That Jesus is enough. I'm going to trust you. No matter what comes my way, I'm going to trust you. The last verse, I haven't finished this yet. They treat us like we don't have a brain, like we can't reason for ourselves. Common sense cannot be found as they try to tear down the holy ground. What are we going to do? We're going to trust you. We need a, Somebody said we need a revival of common sense. So that's what this teaching is. One more and then I'll quit. Number five. 
people who are relevant stay busy. So if we're going to age and be relevant, it's important that we stay busy. You know, one of the things that I've realized with people, it's like, what, you know, it's like we get to, to an age where it's like, okay, the magic age is 65 and I'm going to retire. Oh boy. I'm like, what are you going to do? <laughs> kind of like this song. What are we going to do? You know, uh, well, we can't stop using our gift because it's who we are. It's not what we do, it's who we are. And so we have to stay busy. In my sermon, Good Eyes, um, I talk about the definition of the verse in Proverbs 18 where it says, a man's gift makes room for him. And that word gift in the Hebrew means that that you presently have to give away. And what we have always to give away is ourselves because that's the most powerful thing. And if we're going to stay relevant, then we have to do it in such a way that um, that works, you know, that happens. You know what? I got all busy and got into this thing. So that's my message. I'm going to stop there. Let me mark this down on my notes. Um, and... Uh, but I was going to play a video clip. I didn't play any music. If I did, I forgot. I'm having a senior moment. So, But Sherry uh, posted this little clip um, last week, I think it was. Maybe, yeah, maybe it's last week. And it's a clip that she, she took on her camera of us playing on the Wolfman Jack stage at the Buffalo Chip, which is the main stage. And I think if I remember right, in this particular clip, we were opening for the Doobie Brothers. And this is the, it's just a, you know, I think it's only like 20 seconds long or something. But it's just a clip of me finishing the song, our song, Three Chords. And, uh, and you can get a feel of the response and how people respond. You know, people to ask me, they're like, well, you go into all these places, you know, what kind of persecution do you get? And then I go, zero. They're like, ah, oh, you've got to be compromising the gospel. You can't be, you can't be going in there among them heathens like that and not get persecution. It's like, well, hmm, I might get persecuted, but you know, I'm going in there to love people, to respect people, to honor people, to bless people. And to give them an experience of something that says, hey, this guy is about God and I actually liked it. Because the goodness of God is what brings people to repentance. So anyway, this is a clip from that evening. And, uh, and you'll, you know, the ending is the, uh, the way that that culture uh, responds to something if they like it. So anyway, check it out. It's the ending of three chords from the Buffalo Chip. Three chords in the world. I hope you're my sweet love will ever, will ever 
me up every time so that's the way they do it if they like what what you do they just start their motorcycles up and just rev them up and uh it was pretty pretty phenomenal that at the mention of the father the son and the holy ghost that their response was in appreciation and that's that's the kind of stuff that i have always found uh you know when we started all this stuff i didn't know what their response was going to be um, you know, I didn't know if I was going to get persecuted or not. I didn't know if I was going to get beat or whatever in some of these instances. But I've, I've always found a way to communicate to people where they are, right where, where they're at, and to be, you know, use the fruit of the Spirit. I mean, all of those things are relational. Love, joy, peace, kindness. Uh, meekness, temperance, self-control, all, all of those things are, you know, they're relational tools. Excuse me. And so we, uh, we need to do that. So anyway, I've been, I've been on here long enough. So I will see you Wednesday night. Um, and we'll continue this. We've still got, we got six more of these to do. And uh, then we'll see what happens. I'm going to be working on some music. I got a plan for that. We're going to be commissioning some new lyric videos to be made. So if you have a favorite song of mine that you would like to maybe see in a video format that we don't have, uh, then uh, let us know. We picked out, I think Sherry and I picked out eight or ten this morning that we're going to have commissions to be built into lyric videos. So let's pray. Father, thank you for our friends from all over that come to join us. We are just so grateful and Father, we thank you for your kindness towards us. We thank you, Lord, that your value doesn't change as we change, as we age, as we uh, prepare to step out of this life into the next, Lord, that your value for is still the same, and we still have something to contribute. It might look different, but Lord, thank you for showing those things to us. Keep us in peace. Father, thank you for healing and health for every one of us. Lord, thank you. Lord, we pray for our leaders today that they would have a revival of common sense. And Lord, we just thank you that you care for us and love us. Lord, smile on us, Jesus. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, all right then. That'll be it. I will see you on Wednesday. God bless. Bye-bye. Oh, yeah. And I love y'all.